Well, just a few things here before I do my homily. It's kind of nice that we've got the lifting of that ten, that silly 10-person uh, limit there. So now it's 25% capacity of a building, and uh, so that means we're going to be able to get a lot more people in. We're going to have a staff meeting today to figure out how to do that. Everybody, there's, there's, I'm getting a lot of voices of saying, well, that's great, this weekend we can start up, this weekend. And all I can say is, maybe. Hold on. <laughs> There's really a lot of planning that goes on behind the scenes for something like that. So it'd be nice, but I can't guarantee it. Uh, it might be not this weekend, but the weekend after by the time we get everything mobilized. And I'm still not sure, maybe Father Michetek knows, I'm still not sure if we can use all the churches or if we're still limited to the original, you know, the original idea was that you can only have two. I pushed for three. We've got three open right now. Are we going to be doing masses in just those three? Are we going to do masses in all of that? So there's a lot, there's a lot of things that I got to figure out. Um, but hopefully soon we can get those Sunday masses up and running with 25% capacity. You know, it's not bad. It's not too too bad. We won't get the full number of people in there, but close. And then we'll have the overflow masses in the weekend nights on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So thanks thanks be to God for that. In our scriptures today, there's a lot of thoughts that I have here. I don't know, maybe just a quick look at the Beatitudes. This is a very important passage. The Beatitudes have been characterized by theologians as a list of the perfect acts of those who have achieved Christian perfection, okay, or at least are very close to it, all right? We're always, we're always uh, getting closer and closer to Christian perfection and never maybe quite there, but it's, they are the list of the perfect acts of those who are uh, have been perfected in Christ. And they have the gift not only of sanctifying grace, but they have a full action of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, operative, they're full of the virtues, uh, the theological virtues, the moral virtues. So we, we really can't underestimate the standard of holiness that Jesus is putting forth before us in the Beatitudes. This is really a big deal here, okay? Jesus is describing for us his ideal disciples, and we all fall very, very far short of what he's describing here. But this is—it's a—it's a goal to attain, to 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 point at, and to work towards. Um, so it's a—it's a really big deal here. The Beatitudes, and notice that if they're the perfect acts of those who have been perfected in Christ, what we're looking at here. There's the, traditionally the eight Beatitudes, but if we look at the eighth Beatitude, it says, "Blessed are those who are persecuted." Now, to be persecuted is a passive reality. It's not something that you do. It's something that someone does to you. Okay, so in in a certain sense, that's not an act. But the first seven are, okay, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, those who are merciful, those who are clean of heart, those who are peacemakers. Those have to do with it. Those first seven beatitudes are the ones where we're talking about those perfect acts of those who have been perfected in Christ. And uh, so isn't that amazing that we see that number seven pop up everywhere, all throughout the Bible? Uh, this it's Seven is a, it's a mystical number that has to do with the fullness, okay? It's Catholicity, meaning everything is in place. Everything is complete. There's nothing that's lacking. There's a totality and a harmony of diversity and unity, and it's all, you know, working together and it's complete. All right, so that's what that number seven has to do with. So the Beatitudes, really, again, we're looking, we're talking about this this fullness, this perfection of Christian discipleship, and uh, and what a challenge. Now, the key to becoming these people who are perfected in Christ 
um, is prayer. And I think that we see the example of prayer in a, exemplified in a perfect manner in Elijah, the prophet, from our first reading. Elijah is uh, called by God to do some very, very serious, heavy spiritual lifting. He's eventually called to be almost the only man in all of Israel in his days, this is about 800 years or so before Christ, the only person in Israel who's actually going to stand up for the true uh, religion and confront this king who's fallen from grace and who has got himself wrapped up with idolatry and has led all of, Ahab is his name, has led all of Israel astray into idolatry. It's a huge, huge task that Elijah has. And God prepares him for that perfect work through prayer. So if we want to be those people perfected in Christ, able to do those perfect works, we have to pray. And so Elijah is told to go by this brook, and he's just there like as a hermit for, I think, a few years, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe at least a few months. Um, and the ravens come and bring him bread, and he drinks from the stream and all this kind of stuff. God protects him. God preserves him and takes care of him. And uh, basically, he's carved out this little hiding place, and it's within that sort of hiding place that Elijah comes into communion with God, but it's not uh, you know, going to end there. It's going to be for the purpose of being able to go out and to fulfill uh, God's calling on him in the world. He's got a job for him to do and he's got, and he's going to do it and prepare him for it by, through this prayer. So for us as well, we've got, we've got something to do in the world. We've got a task to do. And, uh, the Lord has carved out a little space for us that we can go into and, and find communion with the Lord and, uh, be built up and strengthened and prepared so that we can do what God wants us to do, so that we can do those perfect acts that we're called to do as the disciples of Christ, as those who follow the teaching of the, the Sermon on the Mount and the, and the Beatitudes. Um, and that, that hiding place, that sort of little protective space that he's carved out for us is prayer. It's a time that we have together right now, for example. Okay, And even for when we celebrate Mass, we prepare for it beforehand with prayer. We give thanks to God. Uh, for that time after we receive communion. And, and that's how we get built up and, and be, be prepared to go out and to be uh, those who are called to, to follow the Beatitudes.